Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Drink it in, Back. Pressure card. Gonna get hit. Gonna go down. Sack back outside the 50-yard line. Ziggy did it. Drink it in now. He's got a man wide open. Golden at the 10. Golden at the 5. Golden to the house. Touchdown Detroit Lions. There it is. Been looking for that all night. Cornbread. Touchdown Detroit Lions. Detroit Kool-Aid, what is going on, everybody? We are back. And Grifka, it's Halloween. It's our Halloween episode. But man, we have something to talk about right off the get-go. Golden Tate, right at the trade deadline, Bobby Quinn makes a deal and sends Golden Tate to the Philadelphia Eagles for a third-round pick. Now, I know me and you exchange a few messages with some friends. As the listeners probably know, not only do we have to battle this one out, but we might have some different opinions from what we exchanged earlier. I think we do. We got to go through this trade, Grifka. Give me your thoughts. What are you thinking? Big move for the Lions. Well, the first thing I have to say with it being Halloween, this trade makes me feel like Bobby Quinn came up and punched me in the stomach and took my bag full of candy. And my candy was full of, like, candy bars and good stuff, you know, not like, you know, old candy like candy corn and root beer barrels and stuff like that. I'm talking like, you know, M&Ms and Snickers bars, everything that you want. So... I think this trade just pretty much signifies that the Lions are throwing up a white flag on this season. You know, the the way I feel, the same as, like, everybody says with, like, Matt Millen. He came in, let him put his own stamp on the team. We all know where that went. But once again, when he came in, the Lions were one game out of the playoffs the year before. Same thing as last year. The Lions were one game out of the playoffs. And, uh, you know, and we fire the coach. Hey, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying Jim Caldwell's coach, but Matt Pitchers was supposed to take us to the next level, the next level, the next level. And I guess we're, you know, we're just going to have to wait another year. You know, long-suffering Lions fans is like, you know, we're, we're told he'll take us to the next level. Okay, oh. but not this fall. In, a, in, a, in another fall or two, just as soon as Bob Quinn has this whole team together. So, you know, you know, suffering, long-suffering Lions fans like myself, we have to wait another one or two falls, you know, for Bob Quinn to get his whole team here. And, but then we'll be great forever. You know, we'll, we'll be like Bill Belichick and the rest of the Patriots where they, they make the playoffs every year and they dominate their year but you know hey you know we're told you know we're gonna try this year but you know hey we're three and four now we're only a game out of you know leading the division but you know hey you know 
you know, Golden Tate's going to walk away anyways, and, you know, uh, we'll, we'll be fine, you know. So, uh, here, you just take Golden Tate, probably Matt Stafford's favorite wide receiver. So, yeah, it's fine. Go ahead. You know, it, it's okay, Lions fans. We'll be good. We'll be good next year. Maybe. But it, that's, how, that's how this trade makes me feel. Griffin, now you know I had to bite my tongue there and let you say your piece. But now that you're done, the best way for me to begin my thoughts on this trade is somebody that's shown up on the podcast before. He's a he's a fan favorite. We love him. I mean, let's let him give my thoughts of this trade. Woo! If there wasn't a Rod Allen, time for Rod Allen. I don't know what is. Grifka, you're so wrong on this trade. Like, like, I cannot believe you're going to the oh, us Lions fans, our poor Lions fans for another year. Like, this is what upsets me about your take on this, is that for years we've wanted a good general manager, a, sh- a guy that would go out and flip guys at the right times, get assets, use those assets well. And here we are on the trade deadline that just passed, and we took a 30-year-old receiver that makes $8 million a year that is probably – most likely going to walk at the end of the year for nothing. And we flipped him for a third round pick. Like he's, he's a good player. His production is there. No doubt about it. He'll probably go to Philly and be a good player. But for this team at this moment, you want to stack that defense. You want to get younger, cheaper, better playmakers. How do you do that? When you're in Detroit, you do that through the draft. We've said that for years. The problem is we've always missed on draft picks. We've always, not acquired draft picks, and we've never been able to move guys out right at the perfect time. To me, this was perfect timing. This is a great move. Golden Tate, I loved what you did for four years here in Detroit. You totally lived up to your contract. You totally did great things. And with all that said, this is the perfect time to ship them. The fact that we got a third rather than a fourth, fifth, or some kind of trade swap like you see in the NFL all the time, a straight-up third rounder, which if the Eagles do not pick it up, could be a mid to upper mid third. Like, you know, I don't have the list in front of me, but I guarantee I can get you a list of, of a lot of good players that have come out of the mid-third round that have not only impact teams, but are game changers and that are great, like, starters in the NFL. And that's what I'm thinking we'll get. We won't know until the draft pick is made, but... I'm. I absolutely love this move. I can't believe you're. You're going. Oh, is me? The season's over. Like to me, this isn't even a. He didn't win or lose games for us anyway. And you have Kenny Galladay in the mix. And hopefully, at some point, you get a guy like Theo back that can make those little. I mean, this guy didn't stretch the field, so this is a great move for so many reasons. I mean, I'll give it back to you. You can come back. I mean, I don't see how you justify this not being a great trade for our team, both somewhat short term and long term. I mean, I love it for both ways. Well, I don't get your short term because, once again, you're just pretty much throwing up the white flag. Yeah, this is a great trade if you're the New York Giants. How is this it the white flag? He's a, he's, the a, he's a third, third, second, third receiver on a team. How is it white flag? Oh, he's not going to – like, you don't think we have some other second, chain movers on the team? Second, third receiver? He's like the number one option on so many plays. I mean, Stafford oh, threw to him gosh. a whole bunch against Seattle. I mean, because he was open underneath. I mean, your boy, who you told me was established, had what, one catch, two catches against Seattle? I mean, that was, yeah, huge contribution from the established Kenny Galladay. Grifko, I mean, what? don't get me wrong, he's oh trending good. He's, he's Go trending ahead. good, but you, you already said that he's established. 
established as what? He's got less than a full season first, you know, worth of games, and all of a sudden he's going to replace Golden Tate. You know, you have a uh, that you're telling your fans that you're going to try this year. I mean, okay, you're fine. You're going to try, but a lot of teams try. But this just sends up the white flag. That's just like this team. We're we're not doing anything this year. That yeah, you know, we're we're not. I mean, we're not. I mean. I, yeah, we know how you felt about Golden Tate. We heard about it on prior podcasts. Even with them, their wide receiving core was, you know, maybe, maybe top ten, but not top five. So once again, you know, you just lost to a team that you're going to be fighting playoffs for. And um, same thing with Philadelphia. Philadelphia got a better chance there. You're going to be try if if you are going to try, you're fighting a playoff position with him. You know, you're only one game out of the lead of the division right now. So, and your next two games are against division opponents. So what you're doing is you're taking who the guy who was it uh, who had um who pretty much won the last two games in Minnesota away from that team and you're expecting two outside guys which you know Minnesota has two good cover corners and you're expecting the established Kenny Galladay to um, make all these plays or you know Theo who's been hurt to like maybe run little routes or uh, I'm sorry Brandon Powell is is going to replace him. Or, or, or what? I, I guess I don't. I, you're like short term, fine. Long term, fine. We get a third round draft pick next year, and everybody knows draft picks that are Lions, Lions fans crack. You know, everybody's like, oh gosh, just go get draft picks, go get draft picks, go get draft picks. You know, fine, okay. Oh, because you know, you know, Bob Quinn. Yeah, he's had a few good ones. He's also had some stinkers. But hey, this is you know where we're at. We we got a third round draft pick, and you're right. There's plenty of great guys that come in the third round and start for you. But there's plenty of stiffs also that come in the third round and don't do crap for you. That's why it's the draft. That's why prospects are only prospects until they do something. So when, when you tell me that they're going to have everything fall on Kenny Galladay, who, by the way, had, what, two catches against Seattle? Established. And don't get me wrong, there's plenty of guys that, you know, great guys that have one catch here. They have games like that. But now he's going to be seeing a lot more coverage. So... I guess let's just see where this takes us. And yes, this does throw the white flag up on the year. That's all there is to it, you know. And fine, you're looking for a top twelve pick. There you go. Congratulations. And you know, like I said, in three years, this team will be established. You know, hey, three more years. Like I said, I, yeah, like I, I said it to you before. I hate how you just belittle my fandom, and like all the you know all the long suffering Lions fans. You know, okay, man. Oh yeah, you started with Matt Millen. You know the bad days. Fine. You know the bad days. You call Barry Sanders a quitter. You call Calvin Johnson a quitter. I mean, there's stories. Dre Bly had to talk people into coming here because a lot of people think coming to Detroit is you know, it's, it's where you end your career. So, right, you have to build through the draft. Fine. Just go scrap everybody then and just build everything through the draft. You know, because it's working for Cleveland. They just fired their coach and their offensive coordinator. So, hey, build through the draft. Whatever. Do whatever. It's throwing up the white flag. That's all it is. So once again, you know, there's not even hope. The hope is gone before Thanksgiving as opposed to waiting until Thanksgiving. So fine. We have three games, you know, like where we just know that it's okay. We're playing for next year already. Okay. Grifka, I had to, I had to mute my mic. So I didn't just holler at you right now. Like, are you kidding me with that? Like, like, okay, let's take this scenario. Let's say Golden Tate rolled his, rolled his ankle last week. And we're coming into uh, – we lost against Seattle. Golden Tate rolled his ankle. He's not going to be able to play against Minnesota. Are, are you are you pulling the same garbage if that happens? Like you're saying, season's over. Golden Tate's what if out. He's out for the way the we year? can win. Well, that's like saying, yeah. well, okay, what if Matt Stafford got a concussion on one of his sacks? 
you know, ifs and buts. I mean, come on, really? That's like that's a it's another dumb analogy. No, well, what if this happened? What okay, if this happened? Can I, can okay, I finish? What if Ziggy? What if Ziggy Ansa doesn't oh. you know milk his injury? Oh, you know, goodness. and like, oh, he's 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 you know he's fighting to play. He's fighting to get back. Yeah, okay, whatever. I mean, that's just yeah. Can, you can always play the ifs and buts thing. Whatever. You lose. Okay. You lose the chance. Can, injuries can. are different. Injuries are different from trades. So your analogy is crap. Okay. Well, I I don't I don't get where you're going because first of all, I was talking about Golden Tate, and I said rolled an ankle being out a few weeks. But yeah, if he's out for the year. I, I don't see this the same retort from you. I, I see you saying, well, you know, Kenny Galladay's got to step up. You know, hey, we got some other playmakers. I mean, it hurts the team, but it's not the end of the world. We'll have to find a way to make it work. So it's the same scenario of losing this one player for a whole year, and, and we wouldn't even get anything back if that occurred. So, so that's a, another way to think about it, and it's a perfect analogy because it's basically the same difference with, with no reward at the end of the rainbow. Or here's a better one. Uh, Grifka, what if he plays the whole year, just plays pretty marginally well, does what he does, you know, 80 catches, you know, 1,000 yards and touchdowns, and, and we don't even make the playoffs. He walks, goes to another team. Uh, you got nothing to show for it. How do you feel about that? So these are all what-if scenarios because that's what we're doing right now is I'm trying to – a lot of things that could have happened, and one of the best-case scenarios is that we could have traded him now, got a third-round pick. We still have playmakers. We still have people on this team. So you should be having the attitude of, hey – Golden Tate just got hurt for the year, basically, and for some reason we're getting a third-round pick for his injury, and we can still win games. We can still win this division and and win football games every week. Is it going to be – I mean, is it a loss? It's a loss, but every, every week in the NFL, players are going down left and right. Things are happening. So to me, it's not a big, not a big issue when you think about it. In the, second of all, you go on a running down the history of the Lions again. Like, the reason I bag on you so much for that – is because you're this long-suffering Lions fan. You've seen all these hard things and losses. I, I don't get why you can't see not only the bigger picture, but like you can't say, hey, what if they pick and get a great player? What if they are able to take all this free agent money that they'll have and put it in some people that end up working out, and we keep some of the same offensive players that we still have, Marvin, Golden, Stafford, uh, carry on, a good old line, and we end up with a good football team in the next two to four years. You're telling me you trade that for a, a flimsy playoff run now? Or for, let's say we win the division title, you give up a better team for the next three, four years to get, to get uh, you know, in the playoffs or maybe squeak the division out this year and lose in the playoffs? Like, I'm just trying to tell you that this whole, like, white, wave the white flag, another losing season, like, I, I don't get where the history plays into that because we're trying to win and win big win Super Bowls, and that's this. Is, these are the kind of moves it takes, man. Not hey, let's hold on Golden Tate. We like he's a good guy in the community. Hey, let's uh, let's keep him around this year, and maybe we'll have a chance, or maybe he'll break his leg next week and he won't be here. So you can go the other way with all that stuff too. So I I, I just don't want to hear about Dre Bly and all these people in the history because okay, you lost. Like now it's time to win big, and it takes getting rid of a few of your buddies. Finished. Go ahead. I can't wait. Your 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 whole scenario is based on hope, and like Andy Dufresne said, hope is a good thing, maybe the best of things. <laughs> but hope will kill you as well if all you're doing is continually hoping. You know, oh, in five years they could be, they could be. 
Like I sold, like I said, we were sold a bill of goods with Matt Pat was going to take us to the next. We were game out of the playoffs. We were that close. He was going to take us to the playoffs. It's game and like six. You, you trade. He's played tra- six, seven you trade, games. You trade a key cog of the offense. Oh, he's not going to win you games. He's not going to win you games. He's not going to win you games. I mean, what, what are you talking about? I saw him win a game for us in Minnesota where he dove across the freaking goal line in overtime. And we, we were debating, was it smart to do that dive over the goal line? I mean, yeah, you're right. Golden Tate. Golden Tate could, you know, I guess, you know, should have won the game for us in, in it, you know, against Atlanta last year. But, you know, his knee was down, and then there was a 10-second run. Oh, yeah, that was right. That was Golden Tate. Oh, yeah, that's right. He doesn't win us any games, though. I, I, I'm sorry. But, yeah, you know, he's just a, you know, he's, he, he does good stuff, but he's not going to win us anything. You know, so you're right. This this season, you know, is you know, it's pretty much thrown up the way for like four and five years. We may be okay. We may be good. Maybe with your with your hope, with with your hope, we may be okay. Oh yeah, I'm I'm gonna bring up old trades because you said to me before. When's the last time anybody made a shrewd deal like this? I don't know. Pretty much when the Lions freaking you know just beat the crap out of the Cowboys and just you know took a first round pick for Roy Williams. Oh, I was ecstatic about that trade. And what did we get for him? Brandon Pettigrew. Oh, okay. Congratulations. You know, so uh, and, and Louis yeah. Delmas, and but again, that's the old regime. That's the old Lions loser oh, thinking. Oh, because this from years ago. This one's going to be so much better. Because yo, that's right. Because this one's going to be so much better. You're telling me Bob you, you, you have made, up, Mayhew, your mind, you have made up in your mind that this regime is so much better. Because they are better. Okay. Look at the track record. Look at everything they're doing. It's it's light years what better than record? back in the day. They've been here. They've been here a year and a half, and you got a track record. You're telling me that Bob Quinn's draft record and his free agent signings already aren't way better than Mayhew and Millen? Are you kidding me? Yeah, you're right. Do we have to pull up those drafts and and the the people they brought in? Those old, old, dead washed up players they used to bring in when I first started to be a fan? Are you kidding me? Don't even go there, man. Bob Quinn's been bringing in good contracts. You're telling telling me the Lions are bringing all this great young talent that's hitting the field and putting us over the top. Devin Kennard's been their major, has been the one signing this year, one free agent signing that's really done anything on the defense. Deshaun Shedd was cut, and the only reason they brought him back was because of injuries. Tease Tabor, who, you know, you bag on, which I'm really starting to falter by watching this guy play, it's the most film Bob Quinn's ever watched on anybody before he's drafted him. Right. And, and and typical Grifka, you brought up like the two worst situations. Oh, the you two. Didn't look at, oh, you I'm didn't sorry. Look at the, name all oh, name all the hey, great ones. Did Bob name all the great ones. Marvin Jones. How's Marvin Jones been? Hey, did Bob Quinn Marvin bring Jones in wasn't Bob Wagner, Quinn. TJ Lang. Bob yes, he was. That was his Bob first Quinn's free agent. That was his first free agent signing. Was he brought in Marvin Jones right after your boy '81 quit on the team? And then he brought in oh, okay, Rick Wagner. Right. And he brought in TJ Lang. And he's and he. Drafted Carrion Johnson. He drafted. Um, he drafted. Uh, who am I missing here? Like, let me just go. He, I mean, we can go to Kenny in the third. We can go to Glasgow in the third. We can go to. Uh, we can go to our middle linebacker in the first round, who's starting to turn up the juice. Like, we don't need to go down all these details. Let's get back to Golden Tate for a minute. I don't know how long this is going to go on, Griffka, but I got more to say about this because I don't get. Again, you're not. Let me ask you this, rather than rant again. Give me your best case scenario if Golden Tate stays here and plays out of his mind. Like, what does that? What does that do? Like, you're acting like you just compared this guy. Oh, what? It's the same as Matt Stafford getting a concussion and out for the year. Like, Golden Tate is a piece on offense, and you're acting now like, oh, Golden Tate's gone, season's over. Like, explain that to me. 
what is he going to do that's going to win you divisions and win you championships by himself? You just said he won the game in Minnesota. Like, he had a few good plays, and he's had a, <clears throat> a bunch of good games in his career. But I never walked away from a Sunday going, Golden won us that football game by himself. Good games. <laughs> and he said, and my point, which before I throw it back to you, That's, is that we squeezed all the juice out of this guy. He came here. He got paid really well. He played well for four years. He's about – the juice is about to run out. And Golden Tate – I mean, uh, not Golden Tate. Bobby Quinn flipped Golden Tate for a brand-new orange off the off the tree. I mean, and, and there was no – there's barely no juice left in this one. There was a little bit if you want to hang on to him. And Philly's going to get a little juice. Other than that – we got a new orange, and you hate it. I don't get it. Oh, my gosh. No. Well, okay. First of all, we don't know if it's an orange or a lemon. Okay? Once again, it's a draft pick, and prospects <laughs> are only prospects until they do something. Okay? And, you know, with your analogies of guys, like, turning around already, you know, with, with this, you know, like, oh, Jared Davis or whatever. Oh, he's fine. He's turning around. Yeah, he's had a couple good games in a row. Okay, fine. I mean, you want to go with this, but you're right. Once again, a prospect is only a prospect until they do something. And the problem Anyways, is, in Griffith's mind, Tate they plays, always suck. If, in my mind, they'll always be great. That's where we differ. No, because, no, because you, cause you are, like I said, you are a prisoner of the moment. You are ESPN. Just what? as soon as somebody shows you one, one, one highlight, you freak out and act like, they're the, like, oh, they're young, they're great, they're going to be studs. You got, you let this guy do something first before we put this guy, put this guy in the pride of the Lions. You know, let him do something first. I mean, you took. I mean, yeah. You and said Kenny Galladay was established. You mean established because he's actually on a pro team, or the you know, or like you know, maybe he was getting these catches because guys were guarding Marvin and Golden Tate as opposed to like having to do him. Azakim was great in St. Louis until he had to become a number one oh, wide receiver. Azakim, can I can I talk about Galladay for a second, Griffith? Or no, 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 because because okay. once again, Go you ahead. don't know what he's gonna do. As, with more coverage drawn to him. So Golden Tate takes coverage away from him. That's what it is. It's another option that was supposed to be on our potent offense. But now, you know, Brandon Powell, you know, who's like, who's supposed to be like, because you like him, he's going to be good. You like his, you like what he did. You liked what he did in the preseason against the against fourth-tier guys. You know, that's why he finally touched the field as a punt returner and caught a punt on the four. Let me know when I can you know, talk so, about Galladay and Powell. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, yeah, we'll get we'll get to how awesome they are here for a second. But if Col- Golden Tate stays, there's a better chance of this team to win the division and get a home playoff game. That's what Lions fans want now. I'm sorry, that's what guys like me want now. We don't want three, four years down the road. And, and sold like, oh, you know, we turned all these guys into draft picks. Draft picks could hit. Yeah, draft picks could suck. So go ahead, tell me tell me about the greatness of Brandon Powell and Kenny Galladay. All right, thank you. I'm going to try to talk calmly right now because you got me all fired up. First of all, when I said Kenny Galladay was established, it's because partly of the way that I evaluate players, Grifka, and the way that I look at football is I use my, my eyes. I don't just look at a stat sheet and say, until this guy's good for three or four years, don't tell me he's good. I looked at Kenny Galladay last year, and coming into this year, I told anybody that would listen, this guy's going to be a breakout. He's going to be a stud. Why? Because I watched him on the field. He's big. He's athletic. He can adjust to the football. He's a deep threat. He can catch the ball underneath. He can run after catch. He can do all these things that I didn't know before I saw him with my own two eyes and looked into it more. He's a good guy. He's a, he wants to be great. All those things. So what I'm telling you when I say he's established is not only 
did he show flashes last year before he was hurt? He's followed that up again here in the second year with consistent good play for five or six weeks. And what do you want to do? Unfortunately, Grifka wants to look at the one game last week, the most recent game and the most negative game, which was when he was throwing the ball once, he caught it for 12 yards. That's typical Grifka only looking at his one bad game and, and looking at the one worst situation instead of, hey, this guy made plays last year before he was hurt, and then he's made plays this year, and he's shown flashes of being not only a, a, a good receiver on this team, but a possible breakout top-type receiver on a football team. And he makes no money, and I think he's 24 years old, and he's 6'4", and he has all these measurables that Golden Tate doesn't have. So that's my quick take on, on Kenny Galladay and why he's established. He's done it for me long enough now to know he's not a bum. He's got crazy upside, and he has ridiculous NFL size and attributes that Golden Tate doesn't have. What he doesn't have at this point is the Grifka three to four years production where you can finally just say, well, that guy's good. We have to like project some of these things, Grifka. So I'm projecting that, Golden T- uh, that Kenny Galladay can be a one or a, or a top two type receiver, especially on a team like we have. A quick take on Brandon Powell is, again, that's another guy that I keep touting because of his college resume, because they got him as an undrafted free agent, he makes no money. And what I saw in the preseason was he's shifty and, and quick enough to be able to do similar things to Golden Tate. Is he Golden Tate? No. Will he ever have that ceiling? Probably not. But an NFL team, you have to mix in all these other pieces to the puzzle that are a lot cheaper because you're paying your quarterback $27 million and you're going to be playing defenders a lot more if you want to build a good defense. So if you're telling me yesterday, today, or in the future, hey, if I minus Golden Tate and I pick up Kenny Galladay, a guy like Brandon Powell, or somebody that they bring in next year that can catch the ball underneath, move chains, do some things, be shifty, I'm going to take that trade off rather than a 30-year-old, smaller-type receiver in Golden Tate that is going to want $13-plus million a year. It can't happen. So what I'm telling you, again, not that he's a terrible player, it's a good trade-off for the type of team we've built. I don't like paying that type of receiver big money. And now you can take those resources and put them other places, which we haven't done yet. That's why you and others hate the trade, because he hasn't allocated that money yet. And you're not giving... Powell, your boy, um, TJ Jones, or Galladay, any games to see, can they make up that difference? Can they make plays? So give them time, see if they can do that, and give them a big enough sample size to show it, or do what I'm doing, which is project that we will be better overall with this type of trade. Okay, you can't bring up T.J. Jones and say wait for him to show something. I said your boy T.J. Jones. I'm not counting on him, but I'm saying he's here now and he's. I'm not get saying T.J. Jones, but you love him. I, I'm not saying T.J. Jones is my boy. You love him, but you know, uh, to to expect him to do anything is like no. He's he's just another guy. Like I said, this what what it does it hurts this team for this year. You were telling your fans that you were going to go to the next level. They were expecting this year. You're bringing a new coach to put him over the top. I, I just want to jump in. What it does for, it severely hurts I just want to jump in for one second. Grifka, you, you said white flag quite a few times. You said you're showing your fans that season's over or, you're, or you can't win now. The Detroit Lions just recently made this trade. They have not played a game yet with this quote-unquote new team. You're, you're not going to even see it out. I mean, you're not going to – you just – 
you don't even know yet what's going to happen. I mean, like, if they go out and lose five, six well, in a row, like you I, said, I look at you in the face like and you go, said, Grifka, you were right. This team is really bad off now due to this trade. Like but I'm said, not willing I'm, to do that right now. I'm projecting from what they're, what they're losing on offense. I'm projecting. Okay, good. I like it. You, you know, should project more rather than wait. But what I'm telling you is you also have to sort of, like, see this out or know that – it doesn't mean that the team's going to be worse. Remember when we lost your boy 81? Everyone's, oh, we're never going to be the same. I don't know that we've sat back and said, oh, man, you know, Matt Stafford's totally regressed. I think that he's done just fine. So sometimes a minus really isn't as big of a minus once it happens. you gotta, you got to see it or, like, it's up to the players to step up and make plays. And I think they will. You're not, you know, on that same wavelength, but they got to play football on Sunday. Well, yes, I mean, somebody will play, but like I said, it's just severely hurting the offense of what it could do. That's you're just expecting the guy who's the third option now to step up and be a second option. Once again, he'll draw more coverage because it's going to take less coverage away from whoever they throw in the slot, be it TJ Jones, Brandon Powell, or whoever. You know, you can cover those guys, you know, you know, one-on-one or whatever. It's You're just severely limiting the offense. Is what is what you're doing? You're just taking a, 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 one of Matt Stafford's favorite weapons away. Is, is what you're doing? Yep. So yes, I, I I'm projecting that this team is going to be worse this year. Okay, I, I completely acknowledge they've taken a weapon away. I, I haven't heard you bring up once they've just added eight nine million bucks to the uh, to the future, or even who knows who knows get, who gets cut loose or what happens like. You know, they're they're plus eight million in my book when it comes to financials, and they're plus seven in regards to to age when you just take Galladay for Tate and swap them out. So, you know, we can talk all day about production on the field. You know what we're at right now, but the NFL, again, I said it before, I'll continue to say it on this show. You break it down, it comes down to building to the draft. You know. It comes down to young players at good well, contracts. There's got to be a point where you're plays. playing for the now. There's got to be a point where you're playing for the now. And if you're always just building for the draft, building for the draft, there's a point where you, where that has to become for the now. See, see, that's you, you just that's can't, classic. You just can't always be flipping guys. You just when you, are you ever going to win? You just change. If you're always, just, change, just, if you're always just building and building and building, you said, that's impo- you, you, oh, that doesn't make any sense. Go ahead. How how is that? How how is that a positive? We're like, well, you go to the future. You always you always got to be doing it. You're right because by time by time those guys get good, where you're gonna have to pay them, you're gonna have to get rid of them because you, you can't have all those dollars and cents at one in one place. You know, so you, you're always building. You're always building the future. Then there's got to be a point where you're playing for the now, where you where you go for it. Grifka, and you then, just... then you're gonna then then you're gonna stink. You're gonna stink and be terrible. For a few years later, I mean, face it, the lines don't the lines don't have an Aaron Rodgers, a Drew a Drew Brees, a Tom Brady to, to carry them. They don't. I mean, as for for as much as I like Matt Stafford, he doesn't make wide receivers great, where those quarterbacks do. I mean, so that'll be the first thing a Lions fan has to admit. You could you could throw any wide receiver out there with those three guys that I just named, and those wide receivers become potent. Matt Stafford does not do that. That's why you always have to draft. You always got to sign to give him weapons. You know, so that that so if you're there's got to be a point where you flip from building. It's like okay, we're making the push now, 
and that's all I'm saying. So you can keep taking your guys like, oh, this guy's a little older. We're going to flip him for a third round. This guy, we're going to flip him for a fourth round. But there's got to be a point where you find it, you, where you, where you, where you go for it. So I guess we're waiting three, four years, you know, for these draft picks and signings to pan out. Is is what you're telling me? What I did, and again, it was so funny. Like right away, you switched my words up and you said build for the draft. I didn't say build for the draft or build to the draft. I said you build through the draft. And that doesn't mean you wait every year or wait four years. It means you consistently hit on your picks. You Yes, you do consistently take the older end of your roster and you flip it over to the younger uh, players and almost basically recycle as they do in the NFL. And, and the thing is, like, I don't want to get into the dollars and cents deep with you, but Golden Tate makes about eight to nine million here at the end of his contract. I think Kenny Galladay makes like seven hundred thousand dollars, and he's he's twenty four. Like, don't you see the upside of when you hit on these younger people that it totally changes the whole construction of your team? This whole win now, or you, you got to like keep, you know, you're like assuming that everybody that's twenty eight to thirty four are like the good players, and everybody that's younger and doesn't make any money aren't can't help you win. Like I'm telling you these young cheap good football players are what helps you win now, tomorrow, years from now. It's these aging players that were good and are like running out of steam that you keep that is whole that holds a team and a franchise back for years because it's this whole mentality of well he's good right at this moment and we need him right this second. It's like that's good in some scenarios but not this scenario. And you're the only one on this podcast that said that this is a huge minus, the team's way worse, that they're going to just the season's over. I haven't said that because I want to see what the team is like without him before I sort of totally jump one way or the other. And two, I've told you from day one, if this season doesn't go according to how we hoped or how we predicted – it's not the end of the world if I see them building, and Snacks Harrison is a great building block. He's had a good contract for multiple years. This draft pick is a great asset. You know what I mean? Like reforming their receiver core isn't like they have a bare cupboard. It would be one thing if they had no Marvin, no Galladay. I'd probably be flipping out a lot more about this trade. You know, pieces, and now we have a, a running game that we want to build on. So there's so many things that are there that that yeah it may it may ding us and yeah it's not the best timing because we're playing the the Vikings Chicago all these teams but like I said you have to sort of see this out and like are you are you want a long-term good team or do you want to like you said I'm using hope you're just saying that if we keep Golden Tate around that you you could either win the division or get in the playoffs. You have no guarantees of that either. So you got hope totally on your end if you keep them, and you got nothing on the back end. At least with my hope, I got something on the back end if it does go awry. If this season goes terribly, not only is the Lions pick way higher, but I got these extra resources I didn't have before to really continue to build. And like I say, I know we don't want to wait forever, but I'm definitely willing to be patient so that I can have what's a a young – well-balanced payroll that's ready to do some things. And I think ever since Bob Quinn's come in here, I'd love you to give me some terrible contracts he's brought on. I, You know, yeah, we have a couple draft picks that may not turn out to be what we hoped, but, I mean, he hasn't swung and missed that's really crippled us. And, and like, all of his signings have been 
have been very reasonable, you know, in my opinion. So um, I just think there's a lot of positives to look at. Again, we differ with opinions, but, you know, to the people out there that don't like this trade, I want to, I've given my opinion why you should like it. And I'm saying, give it some time. And also if the season doesn't work out great, you have reason for, as you put it, hope. But again, they're building the team, which I think is the right way. And they just got a really good resource and all the best Golden Tate. So that's my <coughs> calm retort to you as we kind of end this discussion. Would you like to close us out, Griff, on any more Golden Tate-isms you'd like to throw out there? No, I think I've said enough on it. Okay. So I'll end it this way. GT, we thank you for everything you did in Lions uniform. I think you'll go ahead and ball out in Philly. Don't take this personal, but I'm very happy with this trade. I'm very happy to get a third-round resource. I think if this team's young, it's building, and we have no idea what's going to hold for the season ahead of us, but I'm excited about it. Grifka will wait and see. And uh, like you say, we'll see what happens with our lines as we go forward. So oh, I knew that was going to be good, Grifka. I know we we're going to have to go at it, but um, the trade deadline has passed, and uh, – Couple couple moves by our Lions, so we'll uh, we'll we'll see what happens. I'm pumped. Okay. <laughs> All right. So everybody, with that being said, and with it being Halloween, me and Grifka wanted to do first ever Detroit Halloween special, and what that means is that for this show, me and Grifka decided to wear a couple costumes for the podcast. And, you know, we could have went to the, uh, what's the place, Grifka, where you get the, uh, you get all the Halloween costumes? What the, what's the main place called? Well, like Halloween USA? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or right. Spirit or whatever it's called. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple different ones. Yeah. The old Halloween USA, the place that just, the year just goes crazy with the Halloween outfit. So we went through there, me and Grifka, we looked at some different things. But Grifka, I think I found the perfect Halloween costume. You know, What's that? I think this year for Halloween, Grifka, and for this Halloween episode, I want to go as Grifka. <laughs> the one and only Grifka. The guy that on this podcast has all the funny Grifka-isms. The guy that uh, always tells us about the Lions history. The guy that's always on the opposite side of the coin is Oakry. I'm going for this episode as Grifka. Oh, okay. So, I mean, I get to go as you then. Which oh, is like, that's a good which, costume. Which is like... The most, which is like the most positive guy in the world. The Lions front office and young players do no wrong. They're all gonna be in Canton someday. Um, let's see, Mister Mister Johnny Blue Skies, almost like you and Joey Harrington should be going out for drinks because it's always sunny where you're at. Yeah, okay, okay. I'll go as you. That's cool. That's a, that's a good costume choice. So everybody, we're we're kind of uh, we'll do this Halloween episode on the fly. We'll try to have a little fun with it. But uh, I'm going as Grifka, so I'll try to uh, represent that side of the coin. And Grifka did a great costume choice, which is uh, he's going to be Oakry, and we'll see how this goes. So Grifka, with that being said, let's tackle the what we get going. Um, tell me what you think. About Ziggy and the other injuries on the Detroit Lions heading in this this week. Well, let's see. You know, even though the Ziggy, you know, signing him to to the deal, you know, that was that was just a slight miss by Bob Quinn. 
you know, I have to go over and light a votive candle for Bob Quinn because he's a saint. He's awesome. But, uh, you know, it's his only miss that he's had since he's been here is the Ziggy sack. It'll be good, though. It'll be good. You know, I realized, you know, what his contract, you know, was, was, was pretty high dollars. But, um, you know, the injury, it's okay. You know, he'll come back. I, I know he'll probably be back on the field against Minnesota. You know, I, I know he's working in, in practice. And, you know, I know he'll be back here soon. He's just, I can, we really need him to get to Kirk Cousins. But, you know, we, we, we couldn't use him against Russell Wilson the way Russell Wilson was running around. But he'll be okay, man. He'll be great when we got him. And then we'll just dump him at the end of the year. He'll sign somewhere else for big bucks. And, we won't need him then, but we could really use him now to stand on the sidelines after he plays like five plays and you know gets hurt. But no, he, he'll definitely he'll help us here in the future. All right. Well, I know you don't like it when I agree with you, so I won't agree with you. Um, you oh know, I, wait, I was gonna ring my bell. Ding. Oh wait, never mind. You didn't agree with me. <laughs> Honestly, I mean uh, Ziggy's not that great. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> Every week, I mean, this guy, do I think he'll play? Do I want him to play? Yeah. No. I mean, this guy, every every week, I mean, he goes and he practices, and then Sunday, he gets blown over by a gust of wind, and he can't suit up. I mean, this guy's a complete waste of space. I mean, uh, Ziggy, I bet he'll get, go get, like, $20 million a year from the, uh, what, the New York Giants or the New York Jets, but they might as well just cut this guy now. He's just... Wait, wait, just Derek, 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 you're missing it. We need him now, not next year. Now, we could really use him now. The now, we, we could use him now. Think how much better our defense would be if he was here now. And you call me Grifka. It's, uh, I mean, you called me oh, Derek. It's a uh, Grifka, Grifka. Let's oh, go. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> so <laughs> let's let's get on to Seattle, okay, Ogre? But like. Ziggy's a non-factor. No one cares about his injuries. You know, reasonable minds can differ. Let's move on. Okay. You want to intro <laughs> Seattle or what? Yeah, I'll intro. I'll intro Seattle. We, you know, I, I know we both picked them to win, and we thought it, we thought we thought it would be a hard-fought game. You know, with uh, you know, you know, I, I was right. You know, Carson ran through like a bull through a china shop, just running over Detroit, Detroit's defense, and they were just terrible. They, they were just terrible. That's all I gotta say. Terrible. I would I would say a Rod Allen quote right now because he's I'm you know I love him, but you know I don't have my soundboard with any Rod Allen. There, there we go. But they they were they were just terrible. What'd you think about the game? Well, uh, Okri, I mean, I gotta say you were right about this game when it came. The Lions could not handle the running game. I mean, they were just absolutely terrible. I mean, this team, like. Let me be honest with you for a second, Derek. I mean, these guys, we couldn't stop the run. I mean, you you talked all last week about Shot Penny doing something. I mean, this guy didn't even play. This guy, like, returned uh, one kick. I mean, do I have to say it? I mean, he's not that great. Um, I mean, we, we got killed in the run game. I mean, this was just embarrassing. I mean, you want to talk about why we lost this game, Okri? It was because of all these stupid plays. I mean, Amir Abdullah lost us the football game with his fumble. I mean, I've been telling you for years this guy's terrible. He's no good. I mean, he, he, 
he can't hold on to a, a slip and slide when it's dry. I mean, this guy's just embarrassing. And like you, you stick up for him all the time, Oakry. And I mean, he lost us the game with that fumble. Now I know it happened in the second quarter, and it was on a kick return where other guys have been known to fumble. But I mean, Amir Abdullah lost us the whole game on that play, don't you think? Well, see, that's I gotta differ with you on that because you know I was just waiting for him to get his chance. You know, he's cheap. You know, his, 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 and what his salary was at. You know, he's really cheap. So you know, obviously we got what we paid for on that. But I, I think if you gave him another shot, he would be fine because you know that fumble. You know, that's just one specific play, and every millisecond of the game does not affect the next millisecond. Each millisecond unto itself does not affect the next part. So his fumble, even though even though the momentum shifted to Seattle and it gave it gave Seattle another short field, you know, for them to go score on because you know the defense was out there for about seven, eight minutes because they couldn't get off the field. You know, having the defense run right back out there after my boy, you know, with his butterfingers, you know, I, I can't understand it. You know, I just I, I, I don't I don't I, I think if they just gave him another shot because okay. he's cheap. Okay. And, and we and we could resign him, and you know it just that fumble had nothing to do with two plays later that when Seattle had the ball, it it just didn't. I mean, they're two separate plays that have that don't do anything. So I have to disagree with you on that. On that, there, Griff. Well, Oakley, I'm glad you, you disagree with me because uh, normally I'm the one agreeing with you all the time. But um, let, let's talk about this, Oakley. I mean. Did we make Russell Wilson look like Joe Montana or Joe Namath or what? I mean, this guy was incredible. All he did was make plays. I mean, we're out there looking like uh, Swiss cheese on defense. I mean, was this guy just uh, was was he looking like an incredible quarterback against our team or what? Why can't we play defense, Oakley? It's embarrassing. <laughs> well, I mean, it's right now. It's just it's the signings out there. We, we just don't have enough. If we had Ziggy back, he probably would have shut them down and they probably would have only scored like four points. But, you know, if we had Ziggy out there, but, you know, it's okay. Um, I'm, I'm sure, you know, what will happen is that they'll, they'll, they'll check the tape and, you know, Matt Pat and, you know, you know Paul Blascoloni, they'll, they'll make all these defensive changes out there and it'll be okay. You know, it'll be fine. I'm, I'm sure, you know, Jared Davis is going to take a couple more steps forward to become, you know, the next highlight on ESPN. And, you know, he's he'll be great, man. Just give him a chance. Just give him a chance. He's great. Plus, he's cheap right now. So for the next four years or three years, he's pretty cheap. So uh, we'll, we'll be fine. You know, that I, I can't I don't know why they didn't stop him. You know, I thought Snacks was going to come in and, you know, they would they'd be able to shut him all down. But, you know, something happened, you know, um, you know, when Snacks was in there, he, he did make the plays. He had like seven tackles, a couple for a loss, you know, but his job isn't to get to the quarterback. But um, they'll they'll be fine. Just give him a chance. You know, this game does not affect the next game. And, you know, they're two totally different games. What happened in the past, you know, you know, it didn't, you know, this game didn't affect what happened when they played the Jets earlier this year. So it, it's fine. I, I don't want to hear any history about this, you know, anymore. So uh, it, this game's in the past. I don't want to think about it anymore. So uh, I, um, I can't understand why they didn't win it. Okri, Okri, Okri. I, there's, like, I tend to not agree with you once again. Like, uh, First of all, let's let's throw all that other stuff out the window. Okri, I got to talk to you about this. Like, can you believe the refs in this game? I mean, 
the refs, I mean, Seattle's not even one of the favorite teams. I mean, you know what those teams are, Oakry? It's the Cowboys, the Giants, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're not even one of those teams. But did you see some of these catch? Wait, oh, catches? conspiracy, conspiracy guy. Oh, wait, where is it? So, something called the FBI. Yeah. There's a conspiracy. Yeah, Oakry, I'm going to talk about conspiracies because every, every knows year. Everybody the NFL straight up. Everybody knows the NFL straight up. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> every year, Oakry, I've been a Lions fan for like 35 years. I got to deal with this every year. Where every week they're making calls for these other teams, and they just ground and they reviewed it and they still called it a catch. And then the one where we knock it out of their hands, they they called that a catch. I mean, are you kidding me? Like, there's they, they just hate the Lions. I mean, these refs just hate the Lions. I mean, I, it's just ridiculous. I I've been putting up with this for so long, Oakry. I just can't take it anymore. This is just. It's a conspiracy. There's no doubt. Well, well, there's not a conspiracy because everybody's treated equal in the NFL. But wait, wait, wait! I have to go. I have to go over to the closet and get my get my swag jersey. You should have saw this Matt Stafford jersey. It's awesome. It's like game cut. I think he actually sweat in it, so it's like bad. You know, it's it's so great, man. But anyways, you know, I I found it. It's cool. It's cool. But um, I just gotta show my love for Matt Stafford. Um. I think I think he's gonna be awesome. You know, look, you know, with the stats that he puts up and everything. You should see his stats. His stats are awesome. I don't have them right in front of me. You know, I'm, I'm trying to pull them up here. I'm like, yeah, but but anyways, you know, there, there's no conspiracy, nothing like that. You know, every, everybody's traded equal in the NFL. The NFL loves everybody. You know, I mean, so um, you can just put that to bed. And the ref, the refs do. The refs don't care who wins the game. I mean, they, they're really just out there getting a paycheck. You know, they they don't care. I, I think yeah. I'm, I, I'm going to disagree with you. I mean, you know, the refs don't You're going to disagree with me, Oakley? You don't disagree with me? I agree with you. That's how the show works. <laughs> ding. Uh, <laughs> There's the belt. Ding. Rivka, like, how about we switch back roles? I don't know if I like this other side of the coin. What do you say? It's, it's kind of it's kind of, it's kind of, scaring me. I might wake up tomorrow and like... <laughs> come on, come on. be all Johnny Blue Skies. So I'll, I'll go outside whistling and... I look like a Brady Bunch episode. Yeah, and I'm feeling like I'm negative on everything. I'm talking about the 19, you know, 60 Lions has nothing to do with the uh, 2018. Let's 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 take these costumes off. Let's give the people like a five ten minute review of this game like we would, and get that out of here. What do you think? Yeah, that that works. <laughs> so Grifco, we talked about some things, having a little fun. You know what I mean, but. Like, to me, we got our tails totally kicked in this game. I didn't see it coming. I thought we would totally, you know, be able to deal with this team. Yet I did say last week and give us issues. I feel like the run game gave us issues. I feel like Matt Stafford was terrible. I feel like we did not capitalize on the few chances we had. And this was a bad loss. I mean, like you say, I'm a, I am positive still and, like, want to see what they do in these next couple road games. But – you know, that was a game after that first touchdown that we didn't feel like we had much of a chance. And uh, I was just waiting for us to pull a rabbit out of the hat. It never happened. What worries me is everything I read afterwards and heard afterwards. I know you don't want to hear it about being in the past, but how is this team not focused? When I'm reading stuff like we weren't focused, that just makes me think that they thought they could just put their helmets on, go out and win the game. You know, they went and whooped up on Miami. We're feeling good about ourselves. We won a road game, kind of, you know, down in the heat. You know, we really put up against these guys. We're coming home. You know, we should just be able to throw the helmets on and go out there and play, and Seattle's going to be scared of us. When 
Ricky's Jean, when Ricky Jean, your boy, is saying that they don't have focus and, and never seen anything like this before, that worries me. I mean, that's one of those things where, you know, you know, that's it kind of falls on Matt Patricia and the coaching staff. So it's like, how is this team not coming focused, realizing, you know, it's, you know, yeah, you beat Miami, but they're they're an AFC team. You're not going to be fighting those guys for a playoff spot. You're going to be losing tiebreakers to, you know, the Seattles. You know, so that's it's one of those things for Ricky Jean to come in and you know, kind of like you can, you know, hear it when he was saying it, just like. He was befuddled, like this team wasn't focused and he'd never seen anything like that before. That worries me more than how poor Tease Tabor and Nevin Lawson looked down in the field and the defensive backfield, how poor the offensive line looked. Because we saw we saw the offensive line look terrible one game and then come out and just blow guys off in other games. But for a team not to be focused that way, it just makes me think that they thought they could just throw their helmets on and go out and win. So now that you're Grifka again, you know I- – is this where you tell me that, like, not only did they think they were going to win, but you've seen this before by Alliance team, Grifka? Yeah, I actually have. I mean, uh, is that where this is coming I, I from? Seen you, you've seen them come out and lay an egg. You want to, you don't want to tell the audience how many, how many times, or go back to uh, Scott Mitchell days and give us uh, some reminiscence. No, I don't want to talk about the Scott Mitchell days. I, I hated Scott Mitchell. <laughs> okay, well, I agree with your point that I do feel like there was something in them where they sort of. Uh, you know, they were coming off some good games. They just really – sometimes on the road when teams don't show up, I can sort of see it. But with a home game, when you really need it, going in the stretch, just not really to even show up for the game was real disappointing to see. Um, you know, couldn't get carry on going. And like I say, to me, it was just pounded us in the run game. And then whenever Russell Wilson made throws, like to me, if you go back and watch that tape, I mean, every touchdown he had could have been a pick. I mean, we're right there on all the plays. They just made the plays, and we didn't. Like, I I just wrote on my notes here, you know, I guess at the end of the game you just tip your cap. But, I mean, the Lions, to be be winning a winning team and to, to make the noise they want to make, when it's a 50-50 ball on defense, how about we go get that once? I mean, we have no turnovers this year, barely, that have made any impact in any games that I can recall. We just are – piss poor on turnovers across the board i just looked at all those touchdowns where the guy just comes over grabs it grabs it off his shoulder let it bounce like you said terrible play from tease and nevin lawson i mean it's pretty simple why we lost this game we we pretty much lost in all three areas it was never close and and that kind of effort and play is just not good enough not at all yeah, I know you don't like when I agree with you, but yeah, I I agree with you. On that. There's just there was points I just stopped watching the game, and I know it's like we talk about this and we want to talk about all the aspects of the game. There was points I turned in away. I'm just like I can't watch this anymore. This is this is depressing. Yeah, well, don't make me go on a Oakry rant on you about quitting on the team. You got to hang in there through the thick and thin, Grifka. But this definitely was a game where, after the touchdown, I think for me it was just tough late in the game. I think it was like third, even in the fourth quarter where they got a couple breaks and they're right down by the goal line. I mean, Stafford throws a pick. I thought that fumble he had was just really lackluster, just not not valuing the football. I mean, to me, I thought it was going to be one of those games where we played terrible, but we're at home and we got a couple breaks and there wasn't a reason we couldn't beat Seattle, but we just never were able to turn that corner. And uh, but, yeah, you can't you can't just quit on your team and uh, 
uh, turn it off. Like, because if they had won that game, they had chances in the fourth quarter. That's the only thing I'll say. Like, had they won it, we'd be sitting here talking about what a win. They sure didn't deserve it. You know what I mean? But I would have took it, no doubt about it. So, I don't know. Like you say, not too much else to say. Uh, a loss, a terrible loss at home. You know, we'll talk about Minnesota. And that, to me, ourselves like to me that's the game of the year and we'll hit on it on friday but you you win that game you can still do some work you lose and or lose in bad fashion and yeah everyone's gonna be out with, with since it's our halloween episode with the with the the uh, pit, pitchforks and the um you know just looking for looking for somebody's head and uh you know i hope it doesn't go that way but uh big game we'll talk about it on friday so uh anything else you got on this game before we uh hit a couple questions no, nah, let's put this game to bed. It's okay. depressing to talk about. Yeah, it was a it was a terrible loss, and just like you say, not too much more to say. But uh, they definitely need rebound, lots of shakeup with the roster, which we already talked about. So, um, a terrible loss against Minnesota put this to bed. Now, Grifka, it's our Halloween episode, so I think there's nothing more fitting than to hit you with a few Halloween type questions, lions and otherwise. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Grifka, what players are in your Lions haunted house? You mean like they scare me? Or uh, I think they were scary good on the field. However you want to take it, man. If you're building a haunted house with a couple Lions players, I mean, scariest player, scariest defender, you know, purse clown, uh, whoever you want to put in there. Okay, I'm going scary because, like, these guys are scary when they're on the field and it's just like... They scare me because they're on the field. Not like, you know, I, I'd be scared of this guy in an alley. I'm like, oh, he's right. scary good. I got you. I'm like, I'm scared because this guy's on the field. Yeah. Okay. And um, I would have to, I mean, I don't know if you know all these guys or not. You know, you've been around for a little bit. But, I mean, um, there was plenty of guys. I mean, I would have to harken back to the days of, like, Bill Schrader. That guy, every time the guy got the ball got thrown to that guy, he scared me because I didn't know if he'd catch it or not. And it was always downfield because he was fast. He was one of those fast guys who couldn't catch, so it scared me when he was in there. Uh, Scott Mitchell scared me. I still have a buddy who touts out his stats, about 4,000 yards, blah, blah, blah. But that guy was always just looking. He scared me whenever he dropped back because I know in the playoff game against the Eagles, he continually threw the ball to the Eagles. That scared me. Um, You know, let's see, um, scary, like, on the field, like, um, somebody like, to be honest, recently, like, scary at center was, like, Travis Swanson. That guy was, like, you know, first, you know, a high pick, and, you know, uh, he was just scary bad. You know, um, any, pretty much any, like, of the recent, you know what, like, this year, last couple years, but I'm talking, like, those lines with, like, Dominic Rayola. It was scary how we couldn't run a QB sneak with him in there, and we always had to, like, it was, it'd be, like, third and, like, you know, half an inch, and we had to, like, drop back and throw a pass because we couldn't get a, uh, we, we couldn't run a QB sneak with him in there. So, yeah, that scared me a lot, too. <laughs> so, those guys are scary. Okay. Yeah. That, they, those those guys haunt me that they were actually on the team. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good Grifka response. I would expect that uh, for the Grifka haunted house. Now, on a more positive note, let's take the word scariest and turn it to how Ogre would probably do it. Scariest defender the Lions have ever had. So, a positive, a player that you just thought, man, this guy's going to put the fear of God in another offense. Um, are you talking guys I've seen 
play or just like highlights that I wish I would have seen? Yeah, just anybody because... that's been in a Lions uniform, a scary defender. Okay, let's let's go with guys. Let's go with guys I've seen that scared that, that scare me. Like I don't want to face like Chris Spielman, uh, you know, yeah. great middle linebacker. I mean, liked the guy an awful lot. Um, Benny Blades was always that guy was a hitter. I, I you know. You know, props to Ben. Even though I just read an article, you know, he quoted himself saying, "quoted him say his brain's mush," simply because you know from the way he played. But that guy, I mean, that guy could hit. He had hands of stone. He couldn't get a couldn't get an interception, but that guy could could lay the lick. Um, on offense, scary. Um, you know, obviously Barry Sanders, scary good. Got to got to go with him. Uh, guys that I've seen highlights of that I wish I would have seen in person. I, I would have to say like Dick Night Train Lane. I mean he's I mean we're talking like fifties, but this guy had the Night Train necktie. Go watch some of his highlights with some of his tackles. A lot of those tackles now were outlawed. But um him, Alex Karras, who I think should belong in the Hall of Fame, you know, reading what he did. And um probably the best middle linebacker the Lions have ever had, Joe Schmidt. That guy was just a tackling machine. Those are those guys I wish I'd want to see. Remember these are all guys like from you know the fifties and sixties, but uh the Lions only had a few good players in the 70s, like Lem Barney and Charlie Sanders. So, uh, but you know, th- that's it. But those those guys, I wish I would have seen in person play, and not just their highlight films. Okay, now Grifka for our younger demo, which you didn't name anybody bef- before like 95, uh, 2000s. Yeah, anybody from 2000 to 2018 that's scary, or scare another offense or nobody. Oh gosh, a lot of lean years in there, man. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I mean, I, I know you don't like Calvin Johnson, but you know that guy was scary good. I, I know because you didn't sign your football, you hate him. <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I would I would go with you know Calvin Johnson. I'm not ready to put you know carry on in there as scary yet. He's only got you know six games on you know seven games under his belt, so uh, I'm not ready to deem that guy scary. I know I, you know, so I, I just go with that. Not one scary defender that we've had in 18 years that you can think of. The almighty Grifka, Lions fan for life. In the last 18 years, yeah. I mean, like I said, there was a lot of lean years in there. I, <laughs> I guess so. I mean, they did <laughs> go win- they did go winless one year. You do remember that, right? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but, I mean we, we've had some players, but like you say, uh, it has been a little bit lean. So you hit on a couple good names there. So Grifka, your night that the Lions had made in the past. Nightmare trade that the Lions have made in the past. Wow. I'm trying to think of what they've actually done where they've traded. <laughs> I would have to say probably the, I don't know if you remember this one, the Pat Swinley trade. Um, once again, that that was a first round pick and uh, the trade was from the Saints got uh, Willie Rofe, who's in the Hall of Fame. Now hold on. Now I want to know Honest truth. Did Grifka hate that trade when it happened, or are you just looking back now and say you hated it? It's more like looking back on it now because yeah, the Lions really needed a pass rusher. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it can still be your nightmare trade, but you hate to have your nightmare trade be one that you probably were half happy or jumping up and down about when it happened. Like, say, I don't Yeah, I was, ha- I was half happy for it. I'd have to say I was half happy for it. It's like, oh, yeah, we needed, you know, what we needed, uh, a pass rusher, and it was one of those guys that he was, uh, you know, he was probably, you know, starting to go on the downside of uh, of his career. You know, wasn't at rock bottom yet, but uh, that's probably what that's probably what that was right there. 
I know this is sort of our Halloween segment, so we can't put too much humor in it, but Grifka, we have to mix in half happy as your, one of your new phrases, because like, half happy Grifka is probably like as best as we can do most of the time, but it just sounded fun. Okay. I said it a couple times, so give me some half happies on the next few shows. We can sneak those in. Okay. Uh, Grifka, your frightening draft picks made by your and my Detroit Lions. Name a few. Uh, frightening good or frightening bad? <laughs> frightening uh, bad? I would say frightening would be bad, yeah. <laughs> um, Brandon Pettigrew. Um, let's see. Uh, Nick Fairley. Um, let's see. Lakin Tomlinson. Uh, who else? Um, frightening how I thought they would be good. And it frightens me now when I look back on it and say, like, oh gosh, what was I thinking? Um, somebody like Javid Best, I was really happy that they that they traded up to get him, even though he had such a concussion. And we all seen the highlight where he was at Cal where he just he was jumping, you know, into the end zone, he got hit in the head and he landed like a board. I mean, he was stiff when he hit the ground. There was there was like no bounce or anything, you know. And he had and like I, it scares me how I thought that was it was gonna work out. Like he'll be fine in the pros where everybody gets laid out once. But uh that that I'm scared how I thought I, I I'm scared how I thought that would turn out better than what it actually did. Well, like you say, that those are some good names. I mean, I don't know how when you talk frightening draft picks, you don't bring up Akika Alama Francis, one of the <laughs> five oh one of the all time frightening picks, and it was in the high second round. Oh my gosh, second or third round, I want to say, right after the other frightening pick of Drew Stanton in the high second round. Oh my oh, gosh, yeah, those are those could, are nightmare. Could have David Harris, that middle linebacker, but no, we needed a crappy quarterback. Oh, unbelievable, man, brutal. So I was gonna throw in some others, but like you say, we we went long. We had to talk Golden Tate. We flipped, we flipped personas, and we put on the uh, Grifka and Oakley costumes, had a little fun on the Halloween show. We breezed through a terrible loss against Seattle. You helped us out with a few Halloween questions, so I think it's time to shut this uh, Halloween uh, trade episode down and get out of here. I think so, Grifka, you got anything else for the people? No, happy Halloween. Enjoy the candy corn. <laughs> What's your favorite candy? Give it to the people if you had to pick one. Yeah, peanut M&M's. Love peanut M&M's. Oh, yeah. That's a that's a reoccurring theme. Some of the listeners are going to be sending you peanut M&M's. You keep bringing that. Or maybe you'll get us sponsored by them. That'd be nice. Um, that'd be, dude, I could go for, like, a lifetime supply of peanut M&M's. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I'd be not tired of peanut M&M's. Yeah, M&M's. So shout us out and we'll get you on the show. But, uh, yeah, I'd probably – I'm a, if I had to pick more of a Reese's guy, so I'd probably go with either the Reese's Cups or uh, some of those new candy bars they're making with kind of that – Peanut butter in the middle is always a good thing. So, like you say, now, uh, now the Reese cups. Now the Reese cups. The perfect ones are those bite-sized ones. I don't know what it is. It's almost like the perfect balance of peanut butter and chocolate. It's better than the bigger cup. I don't know. What, I don't know what it is. It's those little mini ones. Oh, they're perfect. Yeah, they got crazy now. They got the the minis, the regular, and like the extra large. And then they got the what I see recently. They got Reese. They have something else inside. I forget what it is now. Yeah, the Reese's, another... the, Reese, uh, the Reese's Pieces. Yeah, they put the Reese's Pieces in the Reese's Cups. I mean, they're, get, they're getting yeah. crazy, these people. But uh, like I say, that's always kind of one of my go-tos. Like you say, some of those mini Reese's, and if you put them in the fridge or the freezer and get them a little chilled up, that's usually how I like to do it up back in the day in my Halloween yeah. days. But like you say, everybody that's out there taking your kids out, have a good time. We just try to have a little fun this episode. 
and we'll be back Friday just talking straight football. Um, we got we're heading to Minnesota for the Vikings, so me and Griff are just going to get right into it. Um, big football game, lots to talk about. Division rival, tough defense. Really got to rebound as the Lions. So everybody, just uh, please keep helping us out by by rating us on iTunes if you could. Takes less than thirty seconds. Really helps us out. Get the word out. And then uh, we're also looking to see if people can sort of uh, hit us up on Twitter, give us a follow. We we don't do too much on there right now, but we're going to try to start posting and get some stuff up there so we could use some people just uh, hitting that follow button just to uh, see what we're saying about our Lions and, and, you know, check it out. There's always some good other people to follow on there too for your Lions news. So hit us up on Twitter at Detroit underscore Kool-Aid and just hit that subscribe button on iTunes so you can check us out every week. So me and Griff will be back Friday. Until then, everybody, drink it in, man. And uh, go Lions. We back. Check you later. Back to back. Start the plane. This game is over. It is over. What a comeback by the Lions. Drink it in, man.